Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So my good friend, Pastor Tracy, is here from Clemson, South Carolina. Now, for all you Alabama fans, I know that's a sore spot, but I'm glad at least somebody in the house is whipping y'all every now and then. Because we sure ain't. So anyway, why don't you do me a favor right now. Would y'all please welcome Pastor Tracy to the platform this morning. So, great friend of mine. Traveled in a storm. Love you, man. Amen. Love you. Yeah. He's got a a voice. Yeah. (laughs) Love you, man. Hey, man. It's great to be here this morning. I've been on a five-month sabbatical. So, uh, this is my first message back. So, uh, if we... Don't get out on time. I'll get you out on time. But when, when, when a preacher hasn't preached in five months, you know, that can be dangerous. Uh, and all. But let me just say, it, it's great to be here. I, I mean, Jody's been a good friend at a, in a difficult season of my life. And, and uh, God's just done some amazing things, just uh, unpacking a lot of stuff to me. And, and how many of you know that 2020 didn't go as planned? And 2021 hadn't started out all that much better. Uh, but yet, I, I still believe in the midst of that, you know, God, God was always doing some amazing things. Uh, let me just say it's good to be here with Jody and Haley. And, and uh, you know, something that as I was preparing to come here, I, I just felt like God just dropped a word in my spirit for this church. And, and uh, so you can receive this or pass it off and I'll let Jody weigh this thing out. But uh, I, I just believe that... The Lord just kept speaking a word to me about newness for this church. And there's some new things coming and, and, uh, and that always freaks people out when you talk, well, what are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. That's for y'all to figure out. I'm just bringing the word that I just feel like God's getting ready to do some new things in, in, in your church and, uh, just kind of a reset for a lot of things. And I don't know what that means, but it's always exciting when God says, I'm about to do something new. The thing is, we have to be willing to em- embrace the new. And so uh, that's just something that I want to share with you. But let me pray before we get started. And, and I've got a message that, that the Lord has really laid on my heart about really just what happened to my dream. What happened to the dream that I had? So let me pray. Father, I just pray that you'd come and do today what only you can do. And God, please let Clemson win some more national championships. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Uh, I live about three miles from the stadium. Uh, my family all went to Clemson and, uh, my daughter's graduated from Clemson. Uh, I'm at all the Clemson home games. Uh, I bleed orange. I, I want to say thanks to the state of Georgia for Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. We appreciate that more than you know. Uh, you know, uh, the Lord said he, he, you know, he loved the world so much that he gave his only son. So we should be givers as well. So thank you for giving us those two quarterbacks. We greatly appreciate it uh, way more than, you know, uh, well, I, w- I want to share something with you in 2019. I'm, I'm literally on my lawnmower cutting grass and, 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 and I've got pastor friends who are always asking God, well, God, what's the word for the year for me? I've never done that in my life, you know, and in churches, sometimes they'll have a word and, and they build everything around a word. I've just simply never done that. Part of the reason was I thought most of it just sounded real corny. We come up with all these corny slogans around the word. It's going to be great. No wait, and you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, but I'm cutting grass and I just literally, I'm, I'm just going along going, God, if you want to give me a word, I said, I've never done that. I really don't even like doing that. I've never done it. 
And immediately in a split second, he just dropped the word in my heart and it was the word stretch. And I'm like, well, that's odd. I'm not even sure if that's a word in scripture. And immediately he takes me to the book of Isaiah where he, where he said, you know, stretch your tent curtains wide, string, you know, lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. And, and, uh, and, and so this was in like, uh, November or October somewhere around and through there. It's kind of the last of the grass cutting stage, you know, for us. And I was like, wow, that's really kind of odd. And uh, so when he took me to that passage of scripture, I said, well, at least that's a good thing. It, uh, you know, at least it's in the Bible. Uh, how many of you know that when you get a word from God, it's always good if it's in the Bible. Uh, so, so, so I like that part. And then as pastors, you know, our mind immediately goes to all this stuff about growth and all this kind of stuff. And I was, so I was doing that on the inside until the Lord just said, no, 2020 is going to be a year of stretching. Now, keep in mind, I had no idea what 2020 was about to bring. He said, but it's going to be a year of stretching for you personally. It's, I'm going to stretch your church in ways they've, they've never seen, and I'm going to stretch the body of Christ. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, <laughs> I guess whatever that means. Having no idea what we were all about to encounter in, in 2020. I mean, and, and, and then in March 15th, I probably most every pastor will always remember March the 15th because you got told basically that Sunday or we did in South Carolina, you're not having church anymore for, you know, for a while we all shut down and, and people were scrambling to make sure that we could all do online services, you know, by March the 22nd. I actually had pastors call me and said, Tracy, Hey, listen, do, do you know how we can start online giving? And that was between the 15th and the 20th. And I'm like, you're just now starting online giving, you know, Hey, we're, you know, I mean, the, the, you got to keep up with the times. And, and so it, God was stretching us as the body of Christ. You know, there's some things in my life that I didn't realize just how much I would be stretched as time, uh, went on. And, and I'll share a little bit more about that with you, but I want to just talk about what happened to my dream because what happens to a lot of us, and especially I think it did in 2020, because a lot of people just kind of lost their dream. This, you know, we had dreams, churches had dreams, and we had goals and felt like God had just dropped stuff into our spirit. And, and then 2020 hit, and it's just like, well, I guess we just got to put all that stuff aside. But how many of you know that God's plans and his purposes and the things he's called us to do is not dictated whether or not there's a pandemic? I mean, his, his economy doesn't change all of that. In fact, we had our largest giving year in 2020 at our church. We, we can't figure it out. Uh, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're not having church. It's strictly online. You come back and you're wondering where is everybody? And, and just quite honestly, a lot of people, uh, the pandemic became a convenient excuse not to go to church. And, uh, and the reason I know that is because they're posting all their pictures of everything else they're doing all over Facebook. <laughs> And so apparently, though, church is still this place where, you know, somehow COVID is deeper than everywhere else. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we've had friends that have passed away from COVID. Probably all of us have been impacted in some way. But the thing is, God never wants you to lose your dream. God gave you a dream for a reason and for a purpose. And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. And there's a couple of things that, that I want to share with you because a dream is simply this. A, a dream is a seed that God places in your hands. See, well, I, here's what I, I, I believe in my heart. God gives us a vision. He gives us a dream or he gives us a promise. 
And that's what we look at. But what he places in your hand is a seed. So he shows you the dream, but he gives you a seed. In other words, a lot of people will talk about things like that. He'll show you a harvest and he shows you this good thing. He shows you a promised land and we all get excited about the promised land. And all we want to do is just get to the promised land, get to the harvest. And God says, well, here's how you're going to get there. And he hands you, he puts something in your hand that's small, that actually looks nothing like the picture he gave you. How many of you know it's great when the garden comes in, but when the garden first started, it didn't look like that. It just simply didn't look like that. He places a seed in your hand. So he tells us to promise, but what he really puts in our lives is process. And how many of you know none of us really like process? You know, we don't want to be put in the ground. We, we don't want the storms. We, we don't want the pressure. We don't want all of that stuff. God, just give me the promised land. Just give me the promise. But see, there's this thing that that exists between the seed and the promise. And that's all the in-between. In-between is what we don't like. In-between is where all the tough times happen. In-between is where things get really uncomfortable in our life because all we want to do is just get over to where this picture is. We, we just want to get over to where the promise is. We want to get to where this beautiful dream that God gave me, God, I just want to get there as quick as possible. But you see, the scripture is filled with people who had a lot of in-between times. Let me just share a few of them with you. You know, Moses, God tells him, you're going to be a great deliverer. But first, he wound up killing somebody. You're going to live on the backside of the desert, you know, for 40 years. Uh, you're going to be forgotten. You're going to feel abandoned. You're going to be hungry and tired. But, hey, you're going to be a great deliverer. How many of you know that that in-between time is where it gets really, really tough. Hey, Paul, you're going to be known as the Apostle Paul, but first, hey, you're, you know, you're going to be beaten. You're going to spend some time in prison. You're going to be in the desert. Uh, you're going to go to Tarsus. They're all going to want to kill you there, but hey, but you are going to be the great Apostle Paul. How many of you know that, you know, there, this in-between time gets really, really tricky? David, hey, you're going to be a king. You know, but first, you're going to be chased by Saul. You're going to live in a cave. Those that you even rescued are going to want to kill you. Hey, but you are going to be a king. So there's the positive. There's the good side. I don't, but I don't think any story in Scripture exemplifies this better than the story of Joseph. If you'll look with me in Scripture, Genesis 37, beginning in verse 5, it said Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. You see, this let Joseph know he wasn't ready to accomplish the dream. Uh, you've got to be smart enough at 17 years old. Don't tell your older brothers that one day they're going to bow down and worship you. That's not a good idea. So he said to them, hey, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose, stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Then in verse, 11, verse 9, he comes back, uh, chapter 37. He said, then he had another dream. <clears throat> And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. How many of you know if they didn't like the first dream, chances are they're not going to like the second dream. But he tells them, I had another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and even the 11 stars were bowing down to me. And when he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what's this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous, but at least his father had enough sense to keep the matter in mind. <laughs> That's my translation. So what, what I want you to 
look at this morning. I've just got a couple of things I want to share with you. Because what we tend to look at is when we see this dream, God gives us this vision, we look at that as the will of God. And, and how many of you want to be in the will of God? Well, let me just go ahead and share this with you. The will of God is not a destination in my view. What we all want to do is if, if I can just get in the will of God, everything will be great. Everything will be rosy. It, I mean, it'll be smooth sailing from, from there. But I just don't believe the will of God is a destination. I don't, I don't believe scripture bears that out. So here's the first thing I want to share with you. I believe the journey along the way is the will of God. The journey is actually the will of God. I'm going to give you a scripture that actually backs this up in a few minutes. So the journey between the seed and the dream, I believe, is the will of God. See, and this is where so many people start their struggle. God, you showed me this thing. And now all of a sudden I start pursuing that and, and walking after that. And it just seems like all hell broke loose. How many of you know that when you start uh, desiring to walk in the plan and purposes of God and, and the dream and the thing that he shows you, all hell will break loose. Because the enemy doesn't walk, want you walking in the plan and purposes of God. You see, God gives you a picture of the dream because that's what gives you the strength to keep walking during the tough times. Because the picture is so good. He shows me this so it allows us to put up with some of the things that we go through. You see, remember the journey is the will of God. See, when God gives you a picture of the dream, and let me just ask, a, a, I'll do a quick survey here. How many of you, there? you have a dream in your heart from God? How many of you that that dream looks better than you look right now? If that dream doesn't look better than you look right now, that's not a dream of God. That's a nightmare. Because the dream of God is always better than where you presently are. So there is a difference between the dream or the promise of God and the will of God. The dream is not the will of God. See, if it, because what starts happening to us, our problems, is that many times we start trying to do the dream. Well, you can't do the dream. Only God can do the dream. God is the one who put the dream in place. But what we have to do is start walking some things out in our life because God's preparing us. Because how many of you know unprepared people in the middle of a dream can wreck everything? And God's going to prepare us for what he wants us to do. You see, we'll try to make the dream happen. I know, I've done it. God has shown me things, and I work hard to try to make the dream happen. But you don't have to work hard to make the dream happen. You just have to follow the Lord. You see, we try and make it happen, but God makes the dream happen. You see, if we try and make the dream happen, what we do is wind up producing something that's different than the dream. I think this is shown in no better passage than with Abraham. How many of you know that God gave Abraham and Sarah promised that you're going to have a son. Well, when it didn't seem like it was working out, they said, well, hey, we can make this dream happen. How many of you know they made something happen, but it wasn't the dream. And to this day, we're still living out the conflict between Ishmael and Isaac. I, I mean, we're still living out that, that whole thing. Why? Because somebody said, hey, God's not, he's not getting this thing done quick enough. We can help God out in the process. I don't know the last time I checked, God does a pretty good job in his role and we don't qualify. 
And we don't do a good job. So you do the will of God, but the dream is what inspires you to keep doing and staying on the journey. I think of Martin Luther King Jr. and the dream that he had. I mean, he had this great dream and he said, I have this dream. But the dream was not the wheels. You see, the dream inspired him to stay on the journey. That's why he was able to endure the arrest, you know, the insults, endure the beatings and, 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 and everything else that, you know, that he went through. You see, when, when you get discouraged on this journey, the will of God, that's when you keep your eyes on the dream. Listen, I may be the only person who will ever tell you, don't follow your dream. You got to follow Jesus because there will be times that Jesus will take you by the hand and where he's leading you looks like you're getting nowhere close to the dream. But if all you do is try to follow your dream, again, you'll try to do things to make it happen. You know, Jesus, you know, when he's baptized, getting ready to launch his ministry. And you know, what is that? You hear that booming voice, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you would think the son of God, it's the launch of his ministry. First thing he's going to do is have a crusade and everything is going to be great. What's the first thing that happens? He finishes. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit takes him into the wilderness. He takes him on a journey and says, there's a few things got to happen before everything starts. And again, that's where we struggle. You see, everywhere you go, and there's countless books about your dream, follow your dream, follow your dream. But as Christ followers, we're to follow Jesus because Jesus will make the dream happen. But you see, sometimes the will of God doesn't look like a dream. And here's what we do. See, we have this idea that if it's the will of God and it begins to get tough, then we go, well, this surely can't be God because it wouldn't be this hard if it's God. I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard that in ministry. You know, what, Pastor, I, I just don't think this is really what God's called me to do because it's hard and it's tough. It just don't seem to be working out. Sometimes that's when I think we need to turn around and look and go, no, this must be the will of God because the enemy sure is fighting hard over this thing. But we, how many of you know we don't like difficulty? I don't like difficulty. Nobody wants difficulty. You see, everybody wants the dream. We just don't like the process or the will of God to get us there. You see, we don't like the discipline. We don't want to have to stay in the word that much. We don't want to be transformed. We don't want our life to be inconvenienced. All we want is the dream. You see, if you have an unanswered prayer, a dream that hasn't come to pass, then guess what? You're still on the journey. You're still on the journey. God will get you there. If God's put that dream in your heart, don't let it die just because it's been a long time. Don't let it die just because it doesn't feel easy or it feels comfortable. You see, here's what God does with all of us. He gives us a dream. He puts a seed in our hand, but he conveniently leaves out the details. How many of you know if God told us all the details of our life before we started, most of us would just simply opt out. <laughs> we would just opt out. You see, God, you know, he, they, you know, the Israelites had this vision that had been passed down for a long time about the promised land. God just left out a few of the details about what they were going to have to go through to get to the promised land. 
You know, I think about Esther. You know, we, we know the story. Uh, you, you know, Queen Vashti refused to go when the king called for her. And so they go out looking for, uh, you know, another queen. And, and Esther does that. But her uncle says, don't tell them about your background. Don't tell them who you are or anything like that. And we know kind of how the story goes. And I think y'all been, you know, talking about Esther for a while. And so she becomes the queen. And how many of you know being a queen's a good thing? It's really convenient. But God just left out a few of the details. Okay, you're going to become queen, but, you know, they're going to actually want to exterminate your entire race. And you're going to be put in a position where you're going to have to make a decision to go in front of the king that may cost you your life, and it costs you your life. It's probably not going to go good for everybody else. How many of you know if he told her all of that up front, it's like, no, man, I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. You see, there's so many things like that in Scripture. God just leaves some of the details out because if he told us all of the details. You see, God gave me and my wife a dream you know, of where he wanted us to go. And man, that, that dream was good. And, uh, but you see, if God had told me years ago that now Tracy, here's the dream and and it's a good dream, man, it's, it's a great dream, but you need to understand something in, in 2016, your, your wife's going to be diagnosed with breast cancer. And, and man, 2016 is going to be tough for you guys because she's, she's going to go through a brutal, chemo treatment she's going to lose her hair and 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 it's going to be rough and you know you're and you're going to feel like you're going to come out on the other side of that thing and you're going to feel like you beat it and you kind of go maybe i could deal with that god but then if god were to say hey but now you need to understand too 2018 it's it's going to come back a second time and you, you know she's going to have to go through that again how many of you know if God started telling us all of this stuff? It's like, oh God, I, I, I'm good. I, I think I can do without ministry. I can, I can sell cars. I can, I, I can do something. I can do something else. And and he, but then he goes on and says, Tracy, you know, you, you y'all are going to feel like you beat it again, and everything's going to be good. But 2019, it it it's going to come back again. How many of you know if God started unpacking all of that to us? Many of us are just going to opt out. God, not, not that dream. I, give me another dream. Just, you, you know, leave all of that there. But then if God says, well, but now, Tracy, you guys really need to understand something. Everything's going to look so good in 2020. But, man, about mid-October, man, this thing is going to come back, and it's going to come back with a vengeance. And, and November the 10th, will be her last day here on earth. How many of you know if God gave us all the details of our life, we're all opting out of the journey. We're all just, God, you, you got anything else in store? Is there anything else that, that I can do? I mean, see, that, that's the thing that, you, you know, we begin to walk through. You, you don't understand it. But what I do know that God's sovereign. And God still has a dream. You see, I, I thought my dream was over. I mean, I thought my dream was absolutely over. Because everything that I understood about the dream included both of us. 
And then all of a sudden, everything changed in a moment. I mean, in a moment, everything changed. You see, it's stuff I'm still walking through. It's still the journey. Let me give you Hebrews 10, verse 36. Here's is why I want you to understand. It said, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. You see, we do the will of God. That's the journey. That's the journey along the way. And maybe some of you have kind of let go of a dream just because, man, this is tough. I didn't sign up for this. God, this, when I gave my heart to you, and I, yeah, I, I, I get it. But God, none of this is what I signed up for. None of this is what I opted for. Here's the last thing I want to share with you. The journey is not always comfortable and safe. How, let me just ask a question here. How many of you have had a tough time on your journey since you gave your heart and life to the Lord? God, this is not what I signed up for. Some pastor told me, give your heart and life to the Lord, and, and man, it's going to be the best decision you ever made in your life. And how many of you know it was the best decision you ever made, but God, you left out just a lot of details. God, you left out too many details. You see, when you begin to think about it, God's got a promised land for us. But if he told us everything it was going to take to get there, many of us would go, Egypt is okay. I know what I've got to eat every day. I know what I'm going to be doing every day. I don't really like it, but I can stay here if I've got to go through all of that just to get to the promise. You see, I believe God shows us the promise and he does all of that so we can put up with earth. How many of you know that this world is not our home? One of the things that helped me in this process when when my wife passed away was, was just the fact that as preachers, we talk about this world is not our home. Until we go through something that affects our life, and especially when somebody in our life passes away close, and I'm sure many of you here have had somebody pass away, but when that happens, then we act like this world is our home. You know, so many people have come up and said, you know, I'm so sorry you lost your wife. I didn't lose my wife. I know exactly where she is. And she is better off than any of us here today. (laughs) She's way far better off. But you know, sometimes it just throws you in that moment that God, my dream, what, what, what happened to my dream? My dream didn't include this. You see, that's why God can't tell you all the details. And that's why we walk through this thing called, you've got to trust God. With every detail of your life. You see, the journey's not always comfortable. It's not always safe. But if you look in a dark, damp cave of Adullam, you're going to find David before he was a king. Look inside a dark dungeon, and you'll find the prince of Egypt. Look on the backside of a desert, and you'll find a wannabe pastor in Moses. Look inside a prison and find the beaten man who would become the Apostle Paul. Look at an old rugged cross and you'll find our suffering Savior. How many of you know the will of God is not for the faint of heart? It's not for the faint of heart. But here's the good news. If God leads you there, 
And if God leads us there, he will bring you through on the other side and you'll reach your dream. Amen? You see, here's one of the things that I love. We know that one day Jesus told his disciples, he said, let's go to the other side. And, and a storm comes up. And, and his disciples, they were fishermen. And how many of you know fishermen, they're used to being on a boat, and I'm sure they're used to storms. How many of you know if all the fishermen are scared, we should probably be scared. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, they go to Jesus, who is asleep on a pillow, and go, Jesus, don't you care? How many of us have done the exact same thing? Jesus, don't you care what, what I'm going through? And then, of course, we know the story. They, they wake Jesus up, and they wake Jesus up, and he comes out, and, you know, he rebukes the winds and the waves, and, and they are in just amazement. They said, even the winds and the waves obey him. Let me just take a little liberty here. I think they asked the wrong question. They said, who is this that even the winds and waves obey him? I, I think they asked the wrong question. I think they should have asked the question, who is this that even the winds and the waves don't even wake him up? That he can sleep in the midst of the storm. Who is this guy that, and, and that the waves were crashing over the boat and he's still sound asleep on. That's what I would want to know. Who is this that even the storms don't even face him? Church, that's who we serve. That's, that's who is with us on this journey. The storms don't affect him. And if the storms don't affect him, he's on our side. And if he told you you're going to the other side, guess what? You're going to the other side. Amen? That's what we're going to do. But see, Romans 8 and 31 says this. If God is for us, we have to settle the if question. That's our big struggle with this verse. If. Once you settle that part, is he really for me? You'll be at peace. Nothing can come against you. I want to I want to close it out with this. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2 through 8. And just remember this. The children of Israel were promised a land flowing with milk and honey. God just forgot to mention, conveniently left out, that the desert was in front of them. But listen to this, and I think this will help you. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes didn't wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. The word desert in the Hebrew here, what we're talking about, simply means a place of dependency. God takes us through places, and he's going to find out 
if you'll depend on him in your storms of life. When your dream seems like it's so far away that it's never going to happen, he's going to put you in a place of dependency to find out what's there. I want you to stand with me this morning. You see, I just believe that God may be saying to people here today, I need you to depend on me and let me work in your life so that you can reach the dream that I placed in your heart. I want to ask the question again, how many of you here have a dream? Now, here's the tougher question. How many people here today feel like that you just kind of lost the dream? It's out there somewhere, but 2020 hit or circumstances hit. Life happened to me, and I once thought it was going to come to pass. But how many of you have some real doubts? We're all there. If anybody tells me they don't have doubts, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm more worried. I get really scared when people say, I've never doubted God. I'm like, good Lord, maybe you need to be preaching. Because I sure have lots of times. And especially in this season of my life. God, really? Really? I'll tell you this, kind of, kind of funny that the day my wife told me on November the 8th she said Tracy she said I want to go home she said I can't fight this anymore and and so my daughter had gone to my house to get some stuff and and do some things like that we knew we, we became at peace with it and and the moment me and my two daughters had peace the peace of God swept in in the house and and and, and, and honestly, I, I don't know how to describe it because I'm 59 years old, been in ministry for a long time. She's the first person that I've ever been around. It's the only person that I've ever been in a room with that has passed away because I conveniently found other reasons not to be around people who were passing away. I, I just didn't want to be there. That's, not, that's just not what I wanted. And so my daughter comes and and uh, we, we had a dog who was aging and, and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, she came over. I go back to my house, and my dog's not uh, around and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and I'm just going, geez, man, where, where's he at? And all of a sudden, I, you just got this sinking feeling. And it was like a slow-motion movie. I mean, I just get all of this. We knew what was about to go down with my wife, and I just do this slow turn like a movie and, and, and my dog who had gotten diabetes and was kind of going blind had fallen in our swimming pool and drowned and I and, and I it's kind of funny now but I you know but I remember just turning around I had my keys everything in my hands I just threw it up in the air and I just sat down and I just looked up in the sky and I said really honestly you've got to be kidding me but you see, we just don't understand everything that happens in life. We don't get it. But I just know that God's got a dream for this church. He's got a dream for you. And don't get discouraged along the way. I mean, well, in fact, let me backtrack that. You will get discouraged along the way. But don't let it move you from your dream. If God put a dream in your heart, 
2020 didn't change his dream. God's not up there looking at 2020 and the start of 21 going, geez, I never saw this coming. He's not saying that. He knew it was coming, and the dream is still what he has for your life. Amen? I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for every person in this room who's got a dream. That who may have felt like this dream was just taken from them in some way. Maybe through tragedy, maybe through sickness. I mean, maybe just through 2020 COVID and job situations. And maybe the enemy's just told us, see, that dream will never happen. But I'm just here to speak life and encouragement over every single person in this room that God still has a dream for your life. And it's a good dream. And nothing can stop the dream from becoming a reality other than us. So, Father, I just speak life again into this dream. I pray that they get excited again about the dream. Lord, maybe there's some people here moving into another season in their life. And God, I just pray that that next season be greater than their first season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you this morning. Thanks for letting me share. Amen, brother. Thank you, man. Love you, brother. Great guy, man. Love Pastor Tracy. Sometimes it's good to hear other people's story. You think that, you know, you think uh, preachers don't deal with things either, but that's not true. Stuff, stuff happens, man. The key is, man, what a great word, right? Trust God no matter what, no matter what. And so, hey, before we go today, we always want to speak a blessing of you guys and also just give you an opportunity, man, if you don't know Christ and you're watching online as well, never received Christ, man, we just want to lead you in that prayer right now. So just take a moment here. just want to take that time. There's prayer partners online with you. If you guys want to go there, there's uh, some folks online that can lead you in, in a prayer. Dedicate your life to Christ. But in this room, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. I don't know. Just don't ever like to leave without giving that opportunity. We take a moment just pray with me um, as a church. We're gonna, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you don't know Christ, it's just a simple commitment of prayer. It's trusting in Him, but it's surrendering your life. So right now I'm going to pray for you. Just repeat this after me. It's a simple prayer of dedication. The whole church is going to pray with you. You won't be by yourself. But if you're tugging in your heart, the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, that's you. Just pray this with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my heart. I surrender my life. I ask you to be my Lord, my Savior. Forgive me of all sin. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Give my hand, would you? Amen, amen, amen. Listen on the online connect.cornerstonerome.com. If you need prayer, if you need discipleship, if you need anything like that, especially if you prayed that prayer, I want to help you get started in walking with God. Before you go today, just remember Easter is next week. Invite friends. It's going to be outside. Bring lawn chairs. Bring comfortable seats. Bring that. It'll be a good time. We have metal chairs. They're not comfortable. Bring yours. You'll have a much better time. So before we go, though, I want to speak this over you before we leave church. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. God bless you guys so much. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.